Today is Thursday, May 2nd, 2019, and this is Radio Wave. I've made Can 
son, I'm not so sure you can be safe. said life is full of choices and he sees all the bad ones that you've made and I said yeah you're right I'll probably go to hell from all the stories I can tell I'm so lost I can't find my way All my pieces glued together For the world to see Mistakes I've made Consume myself Till there's nothing left of me If the world ever needed a mama, it's now. So many people are lost. So many can't find their way. And we can't even imagine if a lady had not come where we would be today. The world's a scary place. It's something to fear. Our future is not certain. But this mama that has come has told us the one who prays is not afraid of the future. The one who fasts is not afraid of evil. She's given us the direction. She's telling us what to do, what road to go down to make it easier for us. Because sin causes problems and difficulties and crosses that you can't carry. But Jesus died for us. And by doing so, he yokes with us because he was divine and yet he got the human from Our Lady, the Mother. So we have a message today, a unique message, a form in which I've not seen before. And there's a whole story behind it. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's May 2nd, 2019 message given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, with a motherly love, I am calling you to respond to the great love of my son with pure and open hearts, with complete trust. I know the greatness of his love. I carried him within me, the host in the heart, the light in the heart, 
and the love of the world. My children, also my addressing you is a sign of the love and tenderness of the Heavenly Father, a big smile filled with the love of my Son, a call to eternal life. Out of love, the blood of my Son was shed for you. That precious blood is for your salvation, for eternal life. The Heavenly Father created man for eternal happiness. It is not possible for you who know the love of my Son and who follow him to die. Life triumphed. My Son is alive. Therefore, my children, apostles of my love, may prayer show you the way and the means of spreading the love of my Son. Prayer in the most exalted form. My children, also when you strive to live the words of my Son, you are praying. When you love the people whom you meet, you are spreading the love of my Son. It is love that opens the doors of paradise. My children, from the beginning, I prayed for the church. Therefore, I am also calling you, apostles of my love, to pray for the church and her servants, for those whom my son called. Thank you. This message, and in the context of what she says, is phenomenal. Very profound. I've never seen a message like this before. There's not a message out there outlined like this message. It's a different form. What form is it? It can go to any non-believer and not make them choke. Those who don't even know the Virgin Mary is. Those who are Protestant. Those who would be against Our Lady or not understand Our Lady. There's nothing in here that a Protestant can reject. It's advice from the mother about Jesus. The whole message. And yet it's overflowing with truth about our son that even a Protestant can read this and say, wow, this is instructions from the Virgin Mary. Because that's one of the most difficult things to talk to them about. You can talk to non-believers. You can talk to other people. You can even talk to Muslims about the Virgin Mary. But for Protestants, it's a difficulty because they think it's a Catholic thing. So here our lady gives us a message that we can give to Protestants anywhere. No matter what they think, no matter whether they're fundamentalist, evangelical, or whatever faith they belong to. It's a beautiful message of the context of which I've not seen before, which I've already said. Why is this important? Let me tell you a story. I'll go back a week ago. We got a call from a Protestant church down the road asking to come on Wednesday a week ago, and they wanted to come visit Pastor Mark and some of his congregation. I couldn't be here, so it was canceled last Wednesday. It was changed to last night, which is Wednesday. And so they came last night. This was their second visit. They were here last year. And to come back, knowing what we're about, being aware of all the thousands of people that come here when Maria's here, and people visit, they wanted to hear some things about what we do and our life. I didn't apologize about Our Lady. 
But I did have to introduce Our Lady in a different way than I would do with anybody else. And what's amazing about this is there's no chance that last week it was canceled to be put here on last night on the eve of this message. And she gives a perfect message for those who visited, an incredible message. This is not by chance. We see Our Lady doing these things all the time. We see daily miracles. And I would say this message is the perfect message for what they heard last night. And actually, when we got it this morning, I sent one of our community members down with copies to take it to the church because they can't object to anything. And they have instructions from Our Lady about Jesus that is beautiful. It's a genius message. So what you're going to hear today is the talk last night, introducing them to Our Lady, walking them through the Bible to learn who Our Lady was and showing slides for them that would help them grasp what is happening now in the world today. So keep in context of the message that was given today and that this talk was given to them last night that you will hear now. Mr. Hale, he owned all this property right here, and he was a tough guy. We bought the land in 77. We lived, raised in West End, moved to Inslee, and then moved out here. Got in business and did better than I ever should do for some reason, but I know what it is now, why that is. But anyway, Mr. Hale, he was a tough cookie. I say that only because he called this hill right here a holy hill. I asked him, why do you call that? He says, I don't know, it's just a holy hill. But I'm saying that to say what's happened out here and the, the number of conversions that's happened out here has a precedent of history. When Abraham took Isaac to slay him, it was on a hill. That hill is right where the temple was going to be built centuries later. From there, David bought 18 acres there or so, and that was the city of David. It's very small when you go to Jerusalem and see that. It's really amazing. You think everything's so grand, everything's so big. And it's also said the Jewish people say that Adam and Eve is buried under the rock where the temple is. Where things happen that God uses places usually comes with the precedent of something happening in that event. In the war of 1812, all the veterans was given land from the government. And this whole valley was settled by veterans. They called this valley Paradise Valley. And it's always been known that there's something special right here. The Soto overwintered in Talladega. They didn't just stay in one spot. Talladega is just an hour up the road, hardly not even that much. But they had their winter trips that they went out. So we don't know what all happened here. We do know that also the Indians, we've done a lot of research, that were here in this valley were known as peaceful Indians. And so when ground is going to be made holy, there's always a precedent you can trace back, just what happened with Isaac and Abraham. So it doesn't make any sense for what took place here, whether you believe it or not. And I'm not here to make you believe anything or sell you on anything. I'm just going to lay out why I believe in this. We got two letters that just came in a couple of weeks ago, right after Easter. And it says, please pray for our country, Sri Lanka. Our beautiful shrine of St. Anthony and St. Sebastian Church was bombed. Worshippers were killed with their little children. This cruel evil is spreading. 
They're waiting to attack more. Please, as a family of Mary, pray that they cannot attack our faith, even though they destroy our churches. Maybe these are the signs of God, for the church lives in me and you. Pray and love you all. We're on a little speck right here. We're unknown in many ways, but we're known all around the world. When we have these catastrophes, we're the first people they call a right to. Shranklin's below India, way around the world. What are they calling for us? It's not isolated. Another letter came in. It says, Dear friend of Medjugorje, we in the Archdiocese of Colombo and Diocese of Batacola in Sri Lanka suffered heavy bomb blasts in churches on Easter Sunday while Holy Mass was in progress. As you may know, this has been done by ISIS terrorist groups. Had about 350 believers died. All churches are closed. Please remember us in the time of your prayers to the Most Holy Virgin Mary to intervene to her son and guard us from the Muslims. The people who follow us follow us because they know how we live by the Bible. What we've learned and how to live and raise our children is something different as far as the culture is going. We're just the opposite. And we've been content not to be known. A lot of people, our neighbors, don't know really what we do. But we've got people all over the world follow everything we do. I mean, literally, they change jobs. They do this. They go by land. We're witnessing to people all across the world. And not just 100, not just 1,000, not just 10,000. We affect hundreds of thousands of people. And we know we're going to affect millions in the future because we're on a timetable of what's happening right now. You can feel it. You read the Bible. You know that things are going to be coming soon. So what I want to do with you tonight is just help you to understand what we do, why we do it. And then it's up to you to go there and see it and reason it to the scriptures. You had Haggai and Abraham had a child, Ishmael. And then you had Abraham and Sarah had a child, which is Isaac. We have so many family problems today. And in fact, this past week we had some atrocities in one family that basically eliminated seven people in his family. The neighbor was asked about him, the person who did it, I think he was 18, 19 years old, and they said that bad parenting, no job, no life. There was nothing to live for. Our problems in the world is not nations and all these things are big that we got to go over these things and go have some kind of huge cure. It's the family. And if you look at Israel and the Palestinians, and you look at all the wars and fight and ISIS, all this stuff, it's just real simple. You break down the scriptures, what does it come down to? Just one little family. Ishmael and Isaac. This is all traceable just to a family feud. And it's been going on for centuries. And it's not going to end. So we have to realize the importance of the nucleus of the family is everything. And that's what we have to cure. And what we've done here is not worked on trying to convert everybody else, but convert ourselves. One thing we say is we're sinners. We're not self-righteous. We're worse than the worst people out there because we pray three hours a day and we know better, but we recognize sin in our life. And today we have a denial of sin, even in the church. This is okay. This is easy. No big deal. I'm strong with our leaders in the church. We got one CD that called Scandals, Crime. And this is about the Catholic bishops. I'm really hard with them. 
They're still God's shepherds. They're still who they are, but we hold them accountable. The sin is silence and scared to speak out. You'll hear me. I'm really strong. We have 350 bishops. I sent it to every one of them. Someone wrote back thanking me for it because they're not saying it from the pulpit and we're not people that once supposed to be doing it, but there's a body of people today being risen up to become apostles just like 2,000 years ago. And it's not just a symbol. It's not just a game. It's a serious thing. So you go for Isaac and Rebekah. You have Jacob and Esau. And of course, Jacob became Israel. We forget this whole conflict is just a family problem. And once we understand that, we can look at the nucleus of our problems comes down to the family, everything. And the family is captivated and deceived by Satan. Actually, I was in Vatican and a cardinal said to me, we have many good people doing bad things. And it's true. They're dressed up in suits, you never think, but, but we're so watered down in our Christianity. We won't say what needs to be said. I've said things and put out printed things that hurt us bad. Financially, when we've got to be outputting stuff. But for everyone we lost, we gained 10 more. And we as Christians have to stand up stronger than ever, just like these people in Sri Lanka. They gave their life, and there's already been two more attacks since that time. But they are looking to us here, way out here next to Vandiver, in the middle of 280. Why is that? Because something did happen here. They sense it. And people receive miracles from coming here. They learn how to pray. They learn how to connect with God. We decided through our life, we would do some things that would be unconventional. Our way of life is witnessing to people. And when they come here, you can be a Baptist, you can be whatever, you can be a non-believer. People are impressed what they see here. And our kids are impressive. And they're expressive and they can talk to you. You can go talk to these kids. They'll carry a conversation because they're not connected to television or home computers. We have no electronics. Aaron probably told you how we live. And we're free from these things. So I'm going to explain a few things because I want to go where few people will go as far as explaining what's happening right now. How do we look at this thing? How do we see that what's coming out of Washington? What does it mean for us? Who is Trump? Who is Joe Biden? Who is what they are? How do we identify that? Because people say, oh, you can't do politics or religion. Before Trump made it okay for 501Cs to start speaking from the pulpit, I was doing it anyway. I didn't care if the IRS came to us. The Johnson Amendment, which you probably know, Pastor, he said no prophets could speak, especially the churches speak about politics or issues. I've never cowed down to that. Now, Trump has eased that up and eliminated it through executive order. But with these things, we still have people that's timid to say what they need to say. Because if they're worried about money coming in, they're worried about offending somebody. No, we, need a, we don't need a fat church. We need a smaller, leaner church. We saw what the early Christians did. And that's what we have to go back to. It's not numbers. It's strong people in a cell that really are willing to die to the self. It's not that we have to go get martyred, but we live here in a way that every day we have to die to our own wants for the greater good of the Christian community that exists here. So we literally sacrifice our lives for the salvation of other people. The scriptures 
when you go to places, literally comes to life. This rock is Eropagus, and it's in the scriptures. And it's really interesting to stand on there. I was there, I've been there two times. I'm going to be there in 16, 17 more days. Right to the right, above that, is the, is the Temple of Athenia. And it's Greece. And it's in the scriptures. And this rock just is just straight up. It's really neat the way it's just so prominent there. But that's where they held court there. When St. Paul went to Greece, he went there to talk. And he said this, it's in the scriptures. It says, Then Paul stood up before the rock and said, Men of Athens, I see that every way you are very religious. He didn't alienate the pagans, the non-believers. And what they did in the temples was really degradation and really, really wicked. But he didn't condemn them. He says, I see you're religious. If you look back on the hill going that way to the left, it's just out. Socrates is buried up over there. That actually, is where he was. Uh, they killed him. And what happened to Socrates, he talked about an unknown God. And they had altars there, say the unknown God. Paul used the things of the day, the news, and what was happening to reach these Greek people. And so he says to them, I see that in every way, not one way, every way you're very religious. See, God allowed this and these people to grow, even though pagans, to accept religion. It was full of sin, but still they had the concept. And then Paul says, For as I walk around and examine your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. And he drives a Mack truck into that. And he said, this unknown God spoke to me. And they tell him about Jesus. And it was a fit for them. He says, therefore, what you worship as something unknown, I now proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made by human hands. He got one convert. One convert. And from there it spread. And you read, if you go up off this rock, you go over the little road to the side, you see the house churches they started meeting in. And so the first Bible, the first Bible writing was turned into Greek. And all the Bibles was in Greek. And this thing spread. Greece became huge areas and bastions of Christianity. This is happening right now. We become pagan in our Christianity. We have something coming from heaven to change the direction of the world. And it's not an angel. And it's not Jesus Christ. And it can't be Jesus Christ if he wants to speak to the world. Because if he comes, it'll be the second coming. So if God desires to change the world right now, and the direction where we are, and the danger we are, somebody has to be sent to herald Jesus Christ for his second coming. Now, you can say, that's when is that? We, we don't know. Jesus says himself, he doesn't know. That may be five years, 50 years, 500 years. We don't know. And we don't go there. But one thing we can say, we're in the middle of something in the world today that is all preparatorial for the second coming. I took ABC Rob Wallace to Medjugorje back in 1989 or 90, right in that period. 
They did a 20-minute, uh, they actually doubled it. They liked the show so much. A documentary on following our pilgrims from Alabama right there in New York. I got to know the type of ABC people, all the Barbara Walters, all of them. And he says, do you think this is the second coming? I said, Rob, there's no question about it. He said, when will it be? I said, well, that's the question. Is it five years, 50 years, 500 years? So we're in a system right now that is so powerful that we can't escape from where we're headed right now without divine intervention. And when you get those things and those things understood, you can see where we are on certain things. When the Virgin Mary appeared, it was a communist country. It's the first time she's ever had the apparitions in that period. And of course, the communists didn't believe it, but then they came to believe it, and thousands and millions of people have gone there. But the Virgin Mary said, I'm here because my son sent me because faith is extinguishing itself. But after she had been here, she came in June 1981. And then a few weeks later, on August 2nd, she appeared and she told the people there with Maria, who comes here, to go to a place called the Gumno. The Gumno is the family's threshing ground where you separate the wheat from the chaff. The Virgin Mary, when she's done things, she's doing things without words, showing where we are in history. And so after that, almost two months of going on two months of appearances, there's not been any strong statement. Then she says these words, which is incredible. Well, she said, first, all of you together go to the meadow of the Gumno. This is at two o'clock in the morning. They've been praying. A great struggle is about to unfold. So this is August 2nd, 1981. Things were good then. I mean, it was, we didn't like what we saw, but it's nothing like today. So it's about to unfold. A struggle between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. And this is significant because she's declaring that her son and Satan and the world in the middle of it, us, is going to be a great battle for our souls. And we can see from 1981 to where we are now and how much degradation has taken place and that people don't know which way to turn. And Christians are really not even living their faith in the way that the fullness that they should be doing. I want to ask you, what is the most quoted Bible verse in the Bible? You don't have to answer it, but just think. What is the most every day that is quoted out of the Bible than any other verse? It was announced by Angel Gabriel. And he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. It's significant the way Gabriel said it in the scriptures. When he said, Hail, we say the Hail Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. But they didn't do that. And Gabriel didn't come on his own. God says, okay, I'm going to have this woman in here conceive my son. And you go down and say something. Gabriel didn't come up with that. God told him that. He had to say the proclamation, what, was, what am I supposed to say, God? So he sends Gabriel, and he says, Hail, full of grace. If the Jewish people said hail, the name came after that. So Gabriel called Mary full of grace. You don't put new wine in an old wineskin. 
already burst it. The purity of Mary had to be such that God would put his son and the Holy Spirit conceive. So when this person wrote from Sri Lanka, said the family of Mary, who is Jesus to us? Our brother. Who is Jesus' mother? Mary. Who conceived in her? The Holy Spirit. Who is Mary to God? The daughter. We are in the family of the Holy Family. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Now he's foster father. I'm just giving you the concepts to understand the scriptures because this is scriptural. It's not just made up because it's Catholics. Because you need to understand really events that's happening, it's going to be happening, and you're going to be seeing things happening in the next couple of three, four, or five years, maybe. So we're in the family of Mary. Whether you want to believe that or not, it's okay. It's going to prove itself out. At the foot of the cross, John was told, Woman, behold thy son. Jesus didn't say, Mother, behold thy son. He said, Woman. Why? Because in Genesis 3.15, it says, The woman would do battle with the dragon. And crush his head. In Revelation chapter 12, it says again about the woman. And many Christians say, oh, it's the church. No, it's not. St. Jerome, when we got the Greek Bible, who spoke Greek, spent 20 years in the cave of Bethlehem where Jesus was born with two women. And he translated all Greek. And for 1,000 years, this is what Genesis 3.15 said. I will put enmity, which means there's no connection. I will put enmity between the, thee and the woman. Now, in the garden, God's talking to the serpent, the devil. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and thy seed, her seed is Jesus Christ, and her seed. She shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. This explains everything. But what did they do after over a thousand years? That's around 350 AD. For 1,000, we go to the 1400s or so. And they changed the verse. And all but two versions of the Bible keep this old, the original text. Jerome's right there. Our country's only 200, going on 300 years old. We know about George Washington. It's fresh. We still have a lot of history. Jerome's right there. He knew what it meant in Greek to understand what that's supposed to be. So it was changed that he will crush the head of the serpent. This is the Virgin Mary. You can go back to art in 300 AD, 500, 1000 AD, 1500s, and they all depicted that. Is that something the Catholic Church made up? Why did they do that? Because in Revelations, it says, then God's temple in the heaven opened, and in the temple could be seen the Ark of the Covenant. If you touch the covenant, and by David's soldier who did that dropped dead because it was untouchable. It was so pure. Nobody but the priest was to touch it. Could be seen in the Ark of the Covenant. There was flashes of light and peals of thunder and earthquake and a violent hailstorm. Okay, that's the verse just before chapter 12. And then it goes, The woman and the dragon, a great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. That's how Maria describes the Virgin Mary. She's got 12 stars. She stands on a cloud. And she's standing on a crescent moon. Whose symbol is that? The Muslims. And you probably can see in this. I don't know if it's, is it in that picture. Can you all see it? God's using his mother because the world today is in trouble. Motherhood is in trouble. We've rejected Jesus. Yes, we might say we don't, but the general culture has done that. 
What the world needs today is mother, is the woman. So you're living something, and for this to happen right here in, in this valley, is something I could have never phantom. Never would even believe if you told me. So what does this mean? Well, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and thy seed and her seed. They shall crush his head, and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. This is Ivanka. That's Maria on the top. She's the one who comes here. That's Ivanka. They have studied these youth. From 1983 to 2005, they stopped. They did every scientific test they could do, everything they could come up with, all modern tests, and they had 20, 25 scientists. Several of them were non-believers. All of them came up with the verdict at the end. There's no more testing can be done. Now, her brain was being measured and we're not supposed to be going towards science because we're supposed to have faith, but I'm just doing this because to show you how thorough this thing has gone through and vetted. And these are just one of just many, many tests. Some of the ancient tests, as you see, Visca is one of the visionaries. She's looking at the Virgin Mary. They got a pin, hat pin like this. They stab her right here in the back and you see blood just coming out. She's smiling, it pushes her just like this and she's still looking at the Virgin Mary. And also they had instruments on her, they, she felt nothing. There's nothing that could be detected that she felt anything. And after the Virgin Mary left, of course she felt it. They also poked things in her eyes and they've had hundreds and hundreds of tests. They actually brought down everything to three tests that they did their verdict on. Had hundreds of tests that proved it. The first one was that their Maria, her brain waves go into such a state a depth that nobody's ever been measured in that way. It doesn't happen. And that's not humanly possible. The second thing to do is that they're, when there's six of them together, all their eyes in a microsecond comes to the same point. They've measured that over and over and over. That's humanly impossible. Six of you can't, two of you can't go, hey, let's go in this room and count to 10 and make it just exactly where they can measure it. The third thing, which is the most impressive to them, was when they talk to the Virgin Mary, their voice disappears. When Maria's been here in our bedroom, her voice disappears. Of course, you can leap sync that, you can do that. But they had all kinds of probes on their throats, and what they detected is they detected vibration, which means air goes through there, which means sound comes through there, no sound. So the verdict for the scientists, and I've been with the scientists all over France talking with them, they just made a verdict that absent of deceit. So there's something happening. And what they say is they're seeing something supernatural. They won't say it's the Virgin Mary. We have to go by their testimony. The testimony is millions and millions of people across the world are coming to Jesus Christ through these things. So I just want to give you a basis of what's behind this. And it's much deeper than, I'm not going to walk away from my business if I wouldn't die for this. In fact, I would die before I'd ever deny this. I've seen too many things, too many miracles, too many things that when you associate with Jesus' mother, you're gonna see miracles in your life that you never thought would happen. And sometimes they're small miracles, but we see them and everybody here can tell you we see miracles all the time, constantly. I'm saying all these things because I wanna bring you to a point of where we are and just giving you a basis biblically that this is something that we have built an antichrist system We've never been where we are right now. I remember one of our neighbors, when my wife and I first got married, we lived in Inslee and a bunch of people over in the neighborhood were all talking. And she says, she says, I believe the social security card is the mark of the beast. And at that time, you, you know, you might think something like that. But 
God didn't even come close. Today, I, I was out and I saw the head on, on the paper, face recognition for animals. So they got the cameras now on the farms so they can keep track where the cows are going to be. But they can recognize you on anywhere you are now. You watch any phone call you've made on a cell phone, they have it. And all I have to do is look it up. And there's a bank about, a huge banks. I don't mean like a money bank, but they bank all these calls and they have to go mining for it. So if they suspect you of something or you're a political enemy to them, whatever, they can go down and take every single thing you've ever said on a cell phone. And it's there. Colorado or something, huge, huge things, just a massive computers banked up. And everything's recorded. They'll never be able to go through every one of them, but if they want to do something, or they don't like what you believe, or they sit there and you're against some of the, these policies that's coming up through government, then they can hang you for whatever they want to. So this face recognition is a real thing, and we're in Antichrist moment. We know that the, the beast is going to have the 666. We know also that he's going to be mortally wounded. Go back to that picture mortally wounded in the head. We are there. It's just a light switch if they want to sit there, whether you buy or sell anything. And we see this, we feel it, the pressure. And so when you see this Bible verse that modern theologians have changed because they said uh, they've got a better interpretation. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and thy seed and her seed. She shall crush thy head. The Virgin Mary is here is to break the Antichrist system. And that's why she said, a great struggle is about to unfold, a struggle between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. That's the first major proclamation she made in Medjugorje. And here we are 37 years later. And she's coming down to the point where it's going to be 40 years to get us out of the desert. And we see things heating up. We see the clashes. We see the struggle. And it's a great struggle. Who would ever dream the Mueller report we go on for two years, and it's still going on. There is a fight in Washington. How are we going to understand this? When Our Lady said this, that initiated a spiritual realm. She's coming down from heaven, and she made it real clear that this great struggle would have an opposer, and that's another spiritual realm. So God has this spiritual realm. The Virgin Mary's here in the spiritual realm. Her son's here in the spiritual realm, and Satan has his spiritual realm. And he's acting. We see a lot of demonics in Medjugorje. They come there, just like in the Bible of Jesus, where the apparitions are. They're drawn to that, just like they were. It's incredible. If you don't believe in the devil, you go there, you believe there. Because they were attracted by the thing holy, you know, being at Vidal Rosa. So we see these things. But these two spiritual realms also has a physical realm. That physical realm is acted through heaven and hell who has his minions. So when Our Lady said, the great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan, it's going to manifest and spill out into people. And so we're seeing this in Washington. This is a cross on the mountain. You may see it passed. This is three quarters of a million pounds. We didn't make this thing for a symbol. We sacrificed. We fasted. We prayed this for 20 years to get that cross up there. And we stripped the mountain down for like 20 feet down. We moved rocks by hand. We killed ourselves. Two of the girls here had to have hernia operations. We fasted. We stayed and worked through the nights half the time. 
and we did a lot of the work. When one contractor, when it got to that point, I don't know how many tons of rebar we got in it. Just tons of it. We put it there so it'd be there for centuries. But they had Mexicans on top of that. It's not filled with concrete. And a storm comes up. And the thing starts shaking. The wind is like terrific. And the Mexican says, Ooh, Satan don't want this thing built. <laughs> so they became believers. But this cross has power. Anybody can go up there. When you go up there and sit up on this and you go meditate for an hour or two or read your scriptures, there is something there. We've had tons of conversions, people going up there. Maria's been up there twice. The Virgin Mary blessed it. She was at the cross 2,000 years ago. Why would it not be appropriate for her to do that? In fact, one of those times, Maria was here and she said, tomorrow I'll appear at the cross. And we were so excited about that. But then the Virgin Mary said this, at three o'clock. Well, she was, we know it's scriptural, but just picking that and being up that time out praying is very profound. So this cross is a sign for the struggle. We built it for our country. And when the foundation was built, I scratched this in the foundation. On June 12th, 2013, and this thing's like eight feet deep, just a foundation for the soul of America. A great struggle is about to unfold between my son of Satan and human souls are at stake. In the Q book, I put this picture in there. And it's everywhere. And we know it's got into politicians. We know it's already moved the chain ladder. It's going everywhere. We, we work weeks and weeks nonstop. Uh, we had people come in volunteer just keeping the book printed. It just went out. It went viral, basically. And it's still going out by the cases. But it explains the spiritual realm of the evil side and then the physical heaven side and the devil side. So we know people got this. Well, just two days ago, what broke out all over the place? If a lady said Satan is struggling against our son, human souls are at stake, they're fighting over her soul. Soul for what? For the soul of America. We know that this has gone to Trump. And we know Joe Biden is saying it because now he's come up with this, what he's saying. He's running for office two days ago for the soul of America. So Satan is fighting for the soul of America. Our Lady is fighting for the soul of America, for her son. This is a big, big thing. It's all over the place. Joe Biden's running with it for the soul of America, for the soul of this nation. That's his mantra. I was shocked when I did that because I knew it came from here. We have people that's flown in here from uh, politicians from California consecrating their office to the cross. We built this for the healing of America. Going to Europe many, many times, well over 200 times, I quit counting at that point. We are the top of the food chain. Whichever way we're going to go is the whole world's going to go that way. So the epic battle is in Washington. Who is Trump? Who is Cyrus? Cyrus, he read about himself in the scriptures 150 years after it was written. And Cyrus, in the scriptures, was foretold that he would save the Jewish people. He never became Jewish, but he saved them. And throughout history, we've had these events happen. We're now in a position right now that Trump, for all his crassness, what people may think, he is the man of the hour. They hate him. We know people from the top of the world down to peasants that you can't be out in poverty. But none of our people are impoverished in America. 
We deal with people, Aborigines who come from Australia, don't even have shoes on, flying on the plane, right out of the jungles. In the 1970s, they were cannibals, still eating people. We've met them in, in Medjugorje. So we know a lot of what's going on in the, the generals or Pentagon. We've been invited to the Pentagon for what we do. Some of the generals have taken us in top secret places that nobody is allowed to go into. And it's because they know what we pray for America and everything we've done with this. So I've been to Germany talking about America. My point is, is America, the, the whole battle between heaven and hell is over America. That's why you see this happening in Washington. So tonight what I wanted to show you that, Trump is Osiris. You don't want no sissy up there. Jesus didn't go pick sissies out. What they did with the last Supreme Court Justice, Kavanaugh, they did all this vetting and had to go back his history. Thank God he went to Mary Magdalene and just said, hey, you just come on. Well, I got a pass. Forget it. What was Matthew doing? He was cheating people. The worst scourge of the people in Israel was tax collectors. They were cheating people, poor people, took their houses. Jesus didn't vet them. He says, Matthew, that's it. He didn't ask their past. Come follow me. Trump, I'm telling you, is called by God, the man of the hour to do what he's doing. And he's improved. He's done more for Christianity. He says Christmas. And he does it on, sticking his fingers out. I'm going to say it. He's done more to fight abortion, changing more things than any of the our past presidents. This guy is tough. I put a rosary in his hands. We know some things that's behind the scenes. And people say, well, I wish he quit treating. That's who he is. But all this is tied to the Virgin Mary, what Jesus is doing, and what this valley is about, which because our charism here is praying for our country. We have a prayer called the Patriotic Rosary. It's all around the world. It's all the military bases. Uh, I wrote it years ago. We've done it at Independence Hall. But we don't have to be somebody known. We don't have to be somebody big in this time. You just need to recognize and read the news and understand it in the right way. Our lady gave a message recently that said, you're holy even if you don't think you are. But if you think you're holy, you're not. We have to be striking our chest. We have to be sackcloths on us. We have to realize we're sinners. And we're there at the bottom. Then God has mercy. And we're in a real merciful time because we don't deserve nothing but judgment. I'm convinced that had the Virgin Mary not come at that time, we would be finished. In fact, Yvonne, one of the visionaries, said the Virgin Mary told him in 1984 that the world would have destroyed itself had her son not sent her. So you go from August 2nd to August 6th, and she gives herself a title. She says, I am the Queen of Peace. Who's the King of Peace? Jesus Christ. If there's a king, who else in heaven is going to be the queen? God the Father? No, he's not going to be. Is it going to be the Holy Spirit? No. Is there any vessel that nursed God himself from her breast, carried him in a womb? That Elizabeth even saw one when Mary came, says, Who am I that the mother of my Lord comes to me? She was awestruck because there's new wine skin carrying new wine. And that's how we see the scriptures and we relate these things to Our Lady. So she is here to bring Jesus Christ back to us in a way that she promised in 1999 that a possibility for a new century of peace to come to us. I know some of this may be over the top, but there's going to be things, three secrets the Virgin Mary said is going to happen 
that will affect the whole world that will be announced 10 days before it happens to a priest and Mariana has these three secrets and they'll be released three days before they're occurring. Mariana said last year we're moved in the moment of these secrets. The purpose of these secrets is to let the whole world know this is coming and that why she's here is to reintroduce Jesus Christ to the world and you're going to see millions, hundreds of millions of Muslims convert. Mariana, not Maria, the one I know, but Mariana, I've sat down with her and she says, there is going to be a tsunami, a wave of huge millions and millions of Muslims convert to Christianity. Put that together, that there's no divine intervention. The Antichrist system will be here. It's here. Something's got to mortally wound it. But in the scriptures, in Revelations, you know, it resurrects. Man's never going to let go of what he has now. But there'll be a period of time where we'll have peace, and that's what she's here for. So you're not going to outdo Jesus and his love and the commandments, honor thy father and mother. Who else would be assigned to be a queen except his mother? It's just reason. You say it's not scriptural. Well, if it was scriptural, we would make Mary God. She's not a God. She was fully human. But she's been exalted. And we all talk about crowns we will wear in heaven, how righteous we were. The crowns will be different. We've heard this to the saints even. And there's different levels of heaven. Mary had the Holy Spirit come into her. Mary had God himself. Mary gave Jesus Christ the human. That's from her body. God, Jesus, who's God, came from the divine. So this woman is inside the Trinity. She's right there with it. Is she God? By no means. She's purely human, but she's a mother of the Savior. And she is favored. And you will not outlove her mother. Now you go to Italy, you got all these Italians and they always touch the statues of a lady and they do their thing. But is, is Jesus going to be upset with that? God is introducing his daughter to the whole world to bring everybody back and people who do not know Jesus Christ that's going to cause an avalanche of conversion. And these three secrets about that. So Trump, I want to go into where he is now. What's happening right now in Washington is preceded by what, everything I just told you. So it'll help you understand who this guy is, what's going to happen, and where we're headed. He's very close to the military. In fact, it's believed very strongly in some of the people we've talked to, the people we know, that they went after Trump because the generals themselves are there to protect the United States of America. And we've been hijacked. We have a has been now terminology lately, a silent coup. Had Trump not beat Hillary, we would have been over. We would have made it through it. I wrote a book, you got it, it's a thousand pages. You say, I'm not gonna read it. You can have the book, it's a new thing, but that's written in 2012. And I said everything Obama did years before he did it. This is the guy that's really the criminal. This guy's an antichrist. October 5th, 2017, he called all these generals in office. This was something happening, and actually, I, I won't go into it, but it was, it was paralleling with the apparitions we're doing, and some things the Virgin Mary is saying in a monthly message. But he met with them, and this is, if you recall, he lined up and had a photo op with the wives of these generals, and says, these are the greatest minds in the world. The meeting went crazy. What do you mean? What do you mean? 
He says, this is the calm before the storm. And then the media went crazy. started saying, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean, Mr. President? He says, you'll find out. So at the time, we thought it was about Korea. But what we see now is there's an alignment of generals who are working with Trump that knows that the coup that has been in place to knock him out, just just take over. Because our country is just a thin thread in this great struggle that's unfolded and we're still unfolding. And you're hearing people say this word right now, the Virgin Mary said, a great struggle is about to unfold. That's 1991. And people now, I'm reading things, things are unfolding. Things are unfolding. This is John. This is in the cave. The cave doesn't look like that. When you go in there, and the book of Revelation, Prochorus was the deacon, he's mentioned in the Bible. The rock is like this. He scribed why John saw all the book of Revelations. As he wrote these things down, John fainted. I bought an icon. This icon is, is what John saw. These things are made by priests, and they pray for, and fast for 40 days. This is very expensive. But I wanted to have an icon here just for us to have one in the tabernacle here. But anyway, this is the vision he showed. There's seven lamps, candles. There's seven angels and seven churches. Across from Patmos, where John was exiled, is four hours is Turkey. And this was a report card for all the churches back then. But it also gives us a report card of the churches now. We're sick. Our church is very weak, and we're losing people. We see these scandals. We hear all kinds of things. So we're living in a moment of revelations. And the Virgin Mary in chapter 12 is dead center of revelations. So all this precedes her coming. And now this is the great Antichrist system. And of course, the devil will rise back up again. But he's going to be mortally wounded. Again, I want to say, I'm not trying to convince you anything. This is going to play out in your lifetime. So this is just a drop in the bucket. It gives you an opening to start going and doing a lot of things and checking things out. And you'll... A whole new world opened up to see what Christ is going to do to the world. And he's doing it through the one who preceded him the first time. And now she's preceding him the second time. We know that all revelations stopped with the death of John, the last apostle. So there's no new revelations. What we can't say is that we can't get revelations, private revelations, which is what Mary's saying, about revelations. So she's here because we're in a biblical moment. And we could have said 10, 20 years ago the same thing, but now we really see it. And of course, there's been the ages where people say Christ is coming back in the 1800s, and people the world's going to end and all this. The world's not going to end. We may wish it had, but we are in a moment of showing us revelations is happening right now. And it's in the book. It's exciting. So what I suggest to you is just tell Jesus, He manifests what you're doing with the mother, you show me. You'll be surprised what he will do. Because we need the heavenly mother right now. That happened at the cross, and she was given to every person that's ever lived. And that's something he's establishing now.
to be open with everybody. Don't think that you can't discuss a lady with anybody out there, no matter who they are. You might have to change your forms. You might have to say it in a way that they can digest it. But our job is to speak to everybody about the messages. And this took place last night. And it was very beautiful. It's time to come home. Everybody, non-believers, Catholics, who often are the most against Medjugorje, everywhere you go, and then people will seek you out. We connected with these hearts last night. You could see agreement in it and understand it because it came from a biblical view so they could see a view through the messages. 
So how did they take it? You can hear it for yourself. Pastor, Mark, you want to come up and do a prayer? Mark, Pastor Mark. I wanted to say thank y'all. Y'all have been very nice and uh, we loved it. And it's an awesome place. Enjoyed it the first time we came here. And we enjoyed it this time. So uh, we hope to fellowship together more. We really do. Thank y'all very much for this. We'll pray. Our most heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, for our, our friends here. We thank you, dear Lord, for our brothers and sisters. We ask, dear Lord, that you'll continue to bless them, continue, dear Father, to, to show the love, dear Father. We thank you. We praise you and we glorify you. We give you all the honor and the glory, dear Lord, for all that you're doing up here and the work and the love that you're showing up here. Always, dear Father, we ask that you'll go with each one of us and, and keep us safe, dear Father. Always we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a broadcast you can give to your friends who are Protestants or non-believers. Our ladies coming here, encouraging us to reach out through love. And we exchanged love last night. And it's a beautiful thing. So whatever the differences are, it's time for a ceasefire. We need to walk one-to-one, that we become one, and that's what the mother is here for. That's what the mama is about. Where do we go from here? We need to have a ceasefire on all levels that we can become one. How do we save a life Pointing fingers How can we end the fight This way One blame is the truth we're preaching And lies are what we're believing No one ever wins When the goal is to settle the score
us how to live humbly Love unconditionally Transform our hurt into hope And grant us your peace Teach us how to live humbly Love unconditionally Transform our hurt into hope And grant us your Our lady wants to see a ceasefire. One by one, standing side by side. Grant us your peace. We are to conquer the world by love. Because it's she who said, with love, you'll achieve everything. And with that love, you will achieve nothing. And today and last night, she gave witness to what love does. Wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.